Faith and Reason Podcasts, new media for the new evangelization from Franciscan University of Steubenville. Find more at faithandreason.com. It's kind of a weird thing that's happened with Mary's Meals. I seem to go and pick up awards uh, quite often and so I say that with absolute sincerity, that this, this one is very special to me personally. Um, I think this is only the third time I've been here, and, um, and they've all been very fleeting visits. This is going to be another one, I'm afraid. I'm off uh, early tomorrow morning, and I've just arrived. Um, but I always feel at home here. Something strange about coming here. I always meet people I know, uh, or people who know people I, I know. Um, it feels like um, I feel at home when I come here and uh, I have that sense of, of the church being a family when I come here, that there's all these connections. So I suppose that's one of the reasons why this ward is particularly um, special. Uh, another, another reason it's special to me is a more personal thing. Um, St. Francis is my saint, my confirmation saint. Um, I, I always remember reading a particular children's book about St. Francis when I was a small boy and uh, just being amazed by this, by this story of this man, this man who became a hero uh, to me. I wanted to be like him. Um, so it's very special for that reason too. And then I suppose the third reason it's so special is just because of all the amazing things that you've been doing for Mary's Meals here all these years, um, just incredible things um, that continue. Just in the short time I've been here today, learning lots more amazing things, meeting more of you um, who are carrying out those little acts of love um, that we heard about. So I just want to thank all of you with all my heart that, that have decided to be part of this, um, to be part of this mission of ours in lots of different ways especially want to thank Professor Andy Minto and Pam for your support all these years, for introducing Mary's Meals here and for being faithful uh, to it. Um, you, you talked about um, some, some things that inspired us along the way and something that really um, probably inspires me more than anything else, especially when I get a bit tired. Today was quite tiring. For me, I left Scotland, I think, at five in the morning, which would have been midnight this uh, US time, and, um, and had a couple of flights, and I just arrived here. And I was feeling a little bit sorry for myself, I have to admit. <laughs> um, and then I meet all these amazing young people, uh, full of enthusiasm, full of joy uh, in what they're doing for Mary's Meals. Um, and that just inspires me again, over and over again. Um, that's why I, I do thank God for this. Uh, work that he's given me um, every day, I thank him. I never lose a sense of um, surprise. I, I never planned this at all, by the way. It wasn't in my plan. Um, I just wanted to do one very small thing to help back then uh, in Bosnia, and that's why my brother and I collected the aid for the refugees. We never had any plan beyond that at all. And it's amazing the way this work grows despite that despite that lack of planning. Um, but 
I think it's important in a way. That's something I say a lot to, to our, our boards and our staff as this work grows and grows around the world, that, that we shouldn't make the mistake of thinking that we're in control of all this. You know, it's not us that's in control of this. So we do what we can. Um, but then we need to leave that space for the Holy Spirit to work. And, and he does. He does more amazing things than we ever could have planned. Um, he surprises us over and over again. And I think that's something that I would like to maybe um, stress tonight about there's so many different things I could say about Mary's Meal, so many different um, stories. Um, and I can only pick a couple in this short time, but something I would like to stress tonight is just the fact that Mary's Meals is a fruit of, of prayer. Of, of that I have no doubt. Um, the, the reason that my brother and I felt moved to do that one thing for the people in Bosnia was because we'd been to Bosnia many years before. We'd been to Medjugorje uh, when we were only 14 years of age. And we had an experience of, of, of God's grace, of God's love there that really changed our lives, that really led us to, to try and live our faith in a new way, to try and put God at the center of our lives in a new way. And we'd made a family pilgrimage to that place. And afterwards, my, my mum and dad, uh, who until then ran a small hotel, it was like a hunting lodge in the highlands of Scotland, um, they felt God was asking them um, to, to turn uh, their home into a retreat center. Uh, they called it Family House of Prayer. And they just opened their doors and invited people to come who wanted to come and spend time in prayer. And then that developed and evolved and they started to, to organize led retreats at weekends. Um, and then our bishop gave us permission to have the Blessed Sacrament in the house. We had our own chapel uh, there. And before long, lots of people started coming. And then a little community grew uh, there uh, where, where young people could come and spend one year at a time to deepen their faith. Many young people who are perhaps discerning um, different choices in their lives uh, came and, and lived with us there. Robert Cassidy, who many of you know uh, from Gaming, uh, was one of the first young people who came, who came there. And then I meet tonight Noe from Texas, uh, who's a student here now. He lived with us for a year in community as well. And I tell you that because that, that, um, that work, that house of prayer, um, existed for 10 years before I ever thought I'm going to do a little appeal for the people in Bosnia. And none of us involved in that place ever planned this, as I say. But I think those years of faithful prayer have prepared, prepared the way. And someone said to me tonight, it really struck me when I arrived, what they love about Mary's Meals is that it is mercy in action. It's not just a feeling. You know, we're not just talking about feeling like doing something good. We do it. It's, it's real. I think that's why so many young people get involved in, in Mary's Meals. But I think that prayer um, comes first. I think it helps open our hearts, doesn't it, um, to, to love, to love those people that need our help. And then the action comes. And I suppose, you know, the other thing I want to stress is why it's called Mary's Meals. It's not Magnus's Meals or Jimmy's Meals or Jerry's Meals. By the way, it wasn't a big surprise to me that the ladies here picked that film to show tonight of Gerard Butler. 
But it's not named after any of those people. It's named after Mary, the mother of Jesus. And, you know, I, I, I think she's interceding for this work, and I think she's showing us how to do it. I, I, I hope Mary's Meals has all the, the hallmarks of a good, loving, practical mother. It's not airy-fairy. It's practical. It's what those children need. Um, and, and, yeah, for me it's really important, the name. This, this work takes uh, us into all kinds of different um, cultures. We encounter people of all lots of different faiths. People who have no faith uh, are involved in, in the work of Mary's Meals. And I love it as I travel around the world and give talks about Mary's Meals to different um, to different audiences, many of them who wouldn't be uh, Catholic or of any particular faith. And normally when I speak to those audiences, I don't say up front um, why it's called Mary's Meals. I wait for the Q&A bit and always someone will say, why is, why is it called Mary's Meals? Is that your mum? Is that your wife? Um, and then I have an opportunity to speak to them about it um, in a new way. You know, I can speak to people who are receptive um, to hear about the mother of Jesus, how she was uh, a refugee, how they had to flee uh, persecution, how they were refugees. You can speak to people in a different way um, because of the work of Mary's Meals um, that, belongs, that belongs to her. So, as I say, I, I, I love this work. I thank God for it every day. I wouldn't want to do uh, anything else. It embarrasses me sometimes um, when it sounds like I made some sacrifice to do this work. It's been absolutely the, the opposite. I haven't really given up anything to do this work. I've received lots and, and lots. And one of the great privileges in my life is going to meet the young people uh, who eat those meals and whose lives are, are changed. You know, recently I was in Malawi and um, I, I met this girl uh, called Veronica, say girl, young lady now. Um, she's at university, she's studying finance. And she told me she was amongst the first group of orphans, 200 kids that we first fed Mary's Meals to in 2002. And she talked to me about what it was like as a child, as an orphan being looked after by her sisters. She talked to me very openly about what it was like to go for two days, for three days without, without eating. She talked to me about that pain. And, and then she talked about her life now, how she was in university, how she was studying finance. She talked to me about her, her own hopes, about her own ambitions, and, and also about her desire um, that Malawi, her country, would be free from dependence on, on aid. And she spoke with such confidence about that, such joy about that. She really believed that was going to happen and that she would be a part of that. It's incredible to think sometimes just what that one meal that we are providing does. We can underestimate that sometimes because it's such a simple thing, but it really is transforming lives. It's transforming thousands and thousands of lives every day. And then at another level, Mary's Meals continues just to save lives every day. I can't remember if I told this story before. It's a, it's, it's a story that happened to me a little longer ago. I went to a particular school in, in Malawi. We'd been providing Mary's Meals there for some time. And when I arrived, the teachers 
uh, met us and, and uh, they introduced me to two small boys there. Um, there was a boy who was about um, 12 years old and his younger brother who was three. And uh, uh, Peter, the older, uh, no, Lazaro, the older brother, the 12-year-old, um, the teachers explained, had some weeks before I had arrived, had started coming to school late every morning. And they were, they were surprised by this because he'd always been a really punctual student before that. So they investigated um, what was going on at home and they discovered that um, the boy's mother had died and there was, no, there was no father at home and there was no one else at home at all. So at, at 12 years old, um, Lazaro had become the head of his household and he began trying his best to look after his three-year-old uh, brother, small Peter. And after a few weeks, Peter got sick, probably just because they didn't have enough food in the house. And around that time, Lazarus discovered that Mary's Meals, um, we also uh, run, uh, under, I don't know what you call them here, nurseries, kindergartens, under six centres for kids below school age. And, and so we run those and we provide meals for those age children as well. So when Lazarus discovered we had one of those about one mile from his home, Every morning he began carrying his little brother um, to that nursery and he was very sick by then, Peter. And only when he got him there and he deposited him there and knew that he would be safe there for the day, that he would be looked after and he'd be fed, only then did he carry on to school himself. And that's why he was being late every morning. And that, that um, story moved me so much because there's a danger sometimes in doing this kind of work where we're we can start to tell ourselves that we are um, that we are the ones doing all the giving, you know. And those people in Malawi or wherever it might be, Liberia or Haiti, are just um, are just waiting for us passively. It's not like that at all with Mary's meals. In in Malawi alone, there are over sixty five thousand volunteers, people who live in great poverty, who are giving up their time to cook and serve that food every day. Um, without them, Mary's Meals wouldn't, wouldn't happen. Um, so that, that's why I, I like to describe Mary's Meals as a whole lot of us walking together, lots of different situations. Some of us um, have money and things that we can share. Some of us have particular talents we can use to, to, to help grow Mary's Meals. Some people in those communities have time that they can give to cook and serve the meals. We've all got different things to give, but we're all walking with that with that same goal, that every child can receive a meal every day. And I, I really believe that vision of ours, that every child in the world can receive one good meal every day um, in this world of plenty. I really believe that's possible. So, so often I encounter this myth that, that people are hungry, children are hungry because there's not enough food in the world. Or maybe even children are hungry because there's too many people in the world. There's too many children in the world. And we know that's not true. There's, there's more than enough food for all of us to eat well. And I think that's also one of the really important things about Mary's Meals, is that we're showing what's possible when, when people are willing to share a little of what they have, those of us who have more than they need to share with those who don't even have the basics. So Mary's Meals is just this very, very simple thing. It's this thing that continues just to um, surprise me and, and fill me with awe and, and a great sense of um, gratitude. 
and as well as just thanking you again for this huge honour, um, I just want to ask you just to pray for Mary's meals. There's so many different things that you're all doing, and please keep doing them, because in all those countries, um, we have schools who are waiting for Mary's meals. We have children who are hungry and who are waiting. So please keep doing those things. Please keep being active about this. But please pray for our work as well. Pray, pray, please, especially that we might reach those children. But also, please pray that we do this work always in a way um, that, that honours our Blessed Mother. That we might always do it in a way that points to her son. So thank you very much uh, indeed for this great honour and, and for welcoming, welcoming me here again. Thank you. Faith and Reason Podcasts. New media for the new evangelization from Franciscan University of Steubenville. Find more at faithandreason.com.